أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبعد الحمد لله وكفاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفاه خصوصا على سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى اله واصحابه وازواجه وذرياته ومن وفاه الى يوم الدين وبعد we uh, uh, um, today uh, will read from the shamal of imam tirmidhi uh, رحمه الله تبارك وتعالى i was asked by uh, my teacher and Sheikh, uh, an elder, Mawana Sheikh Amin, uh, to read from the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam through this platform. I'm not quite sure why I was asked, given that Dar al-Qasim has a, a great number of people far more learned and pious than me. But uh, my uh, Sheikh Mawana Abdul Halim Chishti, rahimahullah tabarak wa ta'ala, wa he's still alive, Allah Ta'ala give him mercy, but he's still with us, mashallah. He uh, mentioned uh, that once he was asked to read the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in a particular place and for certain circumstances, he, he declined and then uh, afterward he felt so much uh, nadama and so much regret that uh, he made an oath that if ever asked to uh, read the Mubarak Hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in a place, again, uh, he would never decline because of which uh, he would go to all kinds of strange and different places uh, in order to teach Dars, uh, uh, despite the fact that he's recognized as being one of the top muhaddithin uh, uh, alive today. Um, he would go uh, to d- different places, big and small, uh, because he said uh, it's the mu'amala of the salat and salam of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi so I resolve never to say no again. Um, and so despite my inability and my uh, lack of qualification for this mansab, uh, um, imitating the uh, um, more of our mashayikh and our teachers, uh, we'll go ahead and read inshallah. I'm very happy and proud to show uh, that this uh, much the newest edition of the Shamayl al-Nama Tirmidhi uh, published with English translation by uh, our friends at the Ghazali Institute um, <coughs> with the copious editing and notes by uh, Sheikh Abdul Aziz Suraka and Sheikh uh, Aslam from Birmingham in the UK. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward them. Uh, it will be our companion uh, as well as perhaps some side notes from the commentary on the Shama'il of the Shaykh of Hadith Mawana Zakaria rahimahullah tabarak wa ta'ala. And because uh, unfortunately uh, many people have the habits of starting books but never finishing them, uh, I thought we would read from the middle of the uh, of the book. So like I said in my disclaimer from before, I'm not, uh, uh, you know, I'm not like the super most muhaqqaq uh, uh, individual. There are people who, mashallah, have a great deal of and precision and uh, 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 
a great grasp on the field of hadith. Uh, so we won't be making too many scholarly comments in that sense, but uh, um, more letting the hadiths read themselves and have the effects on, on the heart that they'll have, uh, making uh, some comments when pertinent uh, or helpful from time to time. Uh, why? Both for the sake of knowledge, but also for the love of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that love which is a shield against balaya and afat, against uh, tribulations and uh, against afflictions. And so that we can allow the, uh, uh, the nur of the hadith to take its own place, uh, which is bigger than me and you, and it's bigger than Tirmidhi, and it's bigger than uh, any of the names in the silsila. Rather, all of us, inshallah, join with this unbroken silsila, inshallah, that you hear from me, just like I read this Shamal of Imam Tirmidhi from my sheikh, Usadji Moana Hassan, uh, 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 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give him health and long life one of the uh, most saintly people I've seen in my life uh, who read this book from his sheikh uh, the, uh, the, 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 the vaunted and uh, uh, legendary uh, muhaddith and faqih of uh, the city of Lahore Mawana Musa Khan Rouhani Bazi a person of uh, such learning uh, that he uh, uh, he wrote uh, uh, a number of works. He wrote a hashia on the Tafsir Baybawi, a uh, work that very few people can even read, uh, much less uh, uh, comment on. He was once uh, uh, he was once uh, grieved at the at the passing of his uh, friend Moana Abdul Haq, uh, the the founder of the Jamia Haqqaniya uh, and Akora Khatak. And so he wrote a marthiya, he wrote a, a poem of, uh, of lament uh, at his passing in which he used uh, uh, the Arabic language to describe his friend as a lion using over a hundred different words for it. Uh, after having heard uh, a, a modern professor of the Arabic language say that this is a, a urban legend or a myth that uh, Arabic has a hundred different words. The same Musa Khan Rouhani Bazi who uh, taught uh, um, at the most famous and well-known seats of uh, Hadith learning in the city of Lahore, the Jamia Ashrafiya, uh, with his Sanad uh, back to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That same Musa Khan Rouhani Bazi, who is buried in the Miyani Saab Qabristan, the old uh, Maqbara and graveyard of Lahore, that when they uh, uh, opened his grave, uh, uh, the fragrance of, of, of perfume came from it. And a number of the students who studied with me were there for his janazah. And uh, some of them even saved the, the, the dirt from that grave. And we smell the fragrance ourselves. And we also narrate <clears throat> this book through uh, our Sheikh Mulana Abdul Halim Nu'mani Mulaqab Bichishti, the chair of the Takhasas of Hadith and the Jamia Arabiya Islamiya. Newtown, uh, the Benuritan Madrasa in, in, in Karachi, um, who then also narrates from a number of different individuals, the most preeminent of whom is uh, Moana uh, Sayyid Hussein Ahmed Al Madani, uh, but also including Sheikh Abdul Fatah Abu Ghudda and a number of the well known and renowned Muhaddithin of his age. Uh, and uh, uh, we have other uh, people who gave us ijazah in this book, but we'll suffice with those uh, with those two uh, total control for now. 
So we start with uh, uh, the chapter Babu uh, The chapter regarding the clothing of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So there's a sl slight uh, 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 preamble to this chapter. Uh, we remember the Ash'ar of uh, the Sheikh Sayyid uh, Mehr Ali Shah. This is Tiri Surat Numa Jan Akhan. Jana Ti Jahan Akhan. Such Akhan, Tera Bdi Shan Akhan. Jis Shan Ti Shana Sabbaniya. But if I, uh, if I look at your, your picture, Ya Rasulullah I say that this is life itself. If I understand it fully, then I know that it's indeed the life of the, uh, uh, the, life of the world. Allah Ta'ala says in his book, I didn't create the mankind of the jinn except for to worship me. And in him, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the perfection of worship is found. Such akhante rabdi shan akhan, and if I speak truly, then I know that in your surat, in your in your picture, in seeing your image, uh, I see that this is the commandment of Allah Taala to the universe of be, and it is um, that command from which uh, all commands uh, uh, originated in the world of creation in time and space. So, which surat, which which picture are we going to be painting now? That picture. بإسناد المتصل قال الإمام الترمذي رحمه الله حدثنا محمد بن هميد الرازي قال حدثنا الفضل بن موسى وأبو تليمة وزيد بن حباب عن عبد المؤمن بن خالد عن عبد الله بن بريدة عن أم سلمة رضي الله تعالى عنها قالت كان أحب الثياب إلى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم القميص Umm Salama radiallahu anha, Umm al-Mu'mineen said that the most beloved article of clothing to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was the, the qamis. The qamis being a tailored and stitched upper garment that has sleeves and uh, a, a pocket. The original uh, clothing of the Arabs is uh, an izar and a ridaq. Both are unstitched uh, pieces of cloth. Uh, the izar is when you tie that same unstitched piece of cloth on the lower uh, half, it's called the izar. And when you keep it, uh, when you don yourself uh, in it, uh, in your upper half, it's called the rida. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as was the custom of the Arabs, used to wear both. And uh, then on top of it, he used to wear, this uh, qamis used to, uh, like to wear a shirt, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. قال حدثنا الفضل بن موسى عن عبد المؤمن بن خالد عن عبد الله بن بريدة عن أم سلمة رضي الله عنها قالت كان أحب الثياب إلى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم القميص. So the same hadith comes through a different chain of narration that Um Salama رضي الله عنها said that the most beloved of articles of clothing to the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم was the قميص. Uh, so for those of you who may not have uh, sat in the uh, in the uh, majalis of hadith before, just a couple of reminders. One is that when the hadith of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is being read with the Isnad Muttasil, with the unbroken chain, the, uh, the adab is that a person listen to it as if they're listening to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam themselves. And the second thing is this, is that when the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's Mubarak name is read, 
and uh, uh, the the qari, uh, the reciter says sallallahu alaihi wasallam you also say it because that's part of the barakah of uh, of these majalis which is that we can read the same hadith again and again with a number of different chains of narration but every time there's a new salat and salam on the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam so don't be deprived every time his name is mentioned say sallallahu alaihi wasallam on his name say so that what when you send salat on him once Allah sends salat on you 10 times and when you say salam to him sallallahu alaihi wasallam he says wa alaykum assalam to you and the barakah of his wa alaykum assalam is greater than the barakah of your salam on him and when you say radiyallahu anhum after the names of the companions of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam with صدق and sincerity Allah is pleased with you then and when you listen to the names of the reciters and are thankful uh, 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 then know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, his reward is well in shakartum azidannakum that uh, uh, if you are uh, if you are thankful then i will give you increase in every good so don't be deprived of these blessings and the hadith the prophet also narrated in the mu'jam al-awsat of imam tabarani uh, that the person who you're mentioned uh, uh, in their presence and they don't say salat and salam on your mubarak name uh, sayyidina jibril said to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam for those who you are mentioned in their presence and they don't say salat and salam on your mubarak name so that they may be forgiven all of their sins such a person is truly cursed say amin and the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said amin allah not make us amongst them allah make us amongst the forgiven and the blessed and the protected by the barakah of the uh, the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam's love and his mubarak words and the veneration of his uh, uh, of his nubuwa and of his name and uh, uh, the veneration of his mubarak companions and those who preserve their knowledge وبه قال حدثنا زياد بن ايوب البغدادي قال حدثنا ابو سليمه عن عبد المؤمن بن خالد عن عبد الله بن بريده عن امه عن ام سلمه رضي الله تعالى عنها قالت كانت احب الثياب الى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يلبسه القميص this is a similar hadith with slightly different chain of narration and slightly different wording let's say that ام سلمه رضي الله عنها said uh, that the article of clothing most beloved to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa that he used to wear is uh, the qamis. Um, Imam Tirmidhi then notes, قَالَ هَكَذَا وَقَالَ زِيَادُ بْنُ أَيُّبَ فِي حَدِيثِهِ عَنْ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ بْنِ بُرَيْدَةَ عَنْ أُمِّهِ عَنْ أُمِّ سَلَمَةَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهَا وَهَكَذَا رَوَى غَيْرُ وَاحِدٍ عَنْ أَبِي تُلَيْمَةَ مِثْلَ رِوَايَةِ زِيَادُ بْنِ أَيُّبَ وأبو تليمة يزيد يزيد في هذا الحديث عن أمه هو أصح. This is that this was likely likewise narrated by Ziyad bin Ayyub in his translation on the authority of Abdullah bin Burayda, who related on the authority of his mother, who related on the authority of Um Salama. A similar report uh, to uh, Ziyad bin Ayyub was narrated by several transmitters on the authority of Abu Tulema. Abu Tulema added to this hadith on the authority of his mother, and this is the most correct. وبه قال حدثنا عبد الله بن محمد بن الحجاج قال حدثنا معاذ بن هشام قال حدثني ابي عن بديل يعني ابن ميسره العقيلي عن شهر بن حوشب عن اسماء بن ابنه يزيد قالت كان كم قميص رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الا الرسل Sayyidah Asma' bint Yazid radiallahu anha narrates that the qum, the, the cuff of the sleeve of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa shirt was what? It was to the rusl, to the wrists. To the wrists. 
Uh, it's also narrated uh, uh, with regards to Sayyidina Ali anhu that his sleeve used to come down to his thumb and that he would roll it up. Uh, you know, Tashmir, uh, it's, it means to roll up the sleeves, which is both a, uh, I mean, literally to roll up sleeves and also it's metaphorically used to mean, uh, it's metaphor, more metaphorically used to mean what? Um, to become serious about getting something done. Uh, 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 and so uh, that's narrated as well. Uh, however, uh, uh, this particular hadith shows what that uh, the 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 cuff of the uh, of the sleeve of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam came to his mubarak wrists, um, which is a very ideal length because it's akmal satr It will cover uh, uh, cover more of the body than being short. Um, and the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam had haya. And in general, if you look <clears throat> if you look at both the Mubarak uh, custom of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the ada, like the, the thing that he most commonly used to do, as well as the customs of really every Muslim culture uh, from Morocco to Indonesia and inside and outside of those uh, boundaries. Um, wherever the Muslims had their own civilization, um, generally uh, the men used to cover everything except for ma'adal wadhul kaffain, used to cover everything except for the hands and the face. Uh, which is the the aura of a woman, interestingly enough. Um, uh, why? Because of haya. So uh, having the, the the sleeves come to the wrist is akmal satr. It, it's more complete in its covering. Uh, but if you have the the sleeves too long and you don't roll them up, then they get dirty easy. And the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to keep this uh, his mubarak self and his mubarak clothes. Uh, clean uh, uh, all of the time as cleanliness is a habit of nobility and he is the most noble of God's creation. وبه قال حدثنا أبو عمار الحسين بن حريثن قال حدثنا أبو نعيم قال حدثنا زهير عن عروة بن عبد الله بن بشير عن معاوية بن قرة عن أبيه قال أتيت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم في رهط من مزينة لنبايعه وإن قميصه لمطلق أو قال زر قميصه مطلق قال فأدخلت يدي في جيب قميصه فمسست الخطام فمسست الخاتم فمسست الخاتم خاتم I came to the سيدنا معاوية بن قرة عفواً narrates from his father uh, that I came to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with a group of people from the tribe of Muzayna so that we could pledge our fealty to him. His shirt was open Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, meaning what? It wasn't fully buttoned up. He said that I inserted my hand into the opening of his shirt, meaning from the back, and I uh, 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 touched the, uh, the seal of prophethood. The Khatam al uh, uh, uh in this context, it meant a, a small, uh, a small um, seal. It was a an oblong uh, a piece of flesh that was slightly raised. Um, that was between the two shoulder blades of the Prophet which was there on every one of the Anbiya And there's an entire chapter in uh, the earlier part of Tirmidhi which discusses. Uh, uh, the narrations regarding that seal uh, um, that's described like the like uh, the 
the size of the egg of a dove. Uh, uh, and uh, inshallah, if we get a chance to, inshallah, we can go back and read from the beginning once we read through to the end. But uh, he said that, that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa the point is that he was A, had a qamis on, B, was slightly unbuttoned. And uh, uh, so, uh, he you know, the curiosity uh, 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 of this particular companion was such that he wanted to, he wanted to uh, himself feel the khatam and, and, and see it and bear witness to it. And the Prophet allowed to, although this is somewhat of an, you know, it's like abnormal to just walk up to somebody and put your hand in the back of their shirt, but because it had to do with the, uh, the, 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 the of his nubuwa, the proof of his, uh, blessed prophethood, uh, he allowed it to happen, not just in this case, but in, in, in a handful of other cases as well. the messenger of Allah is narrated by Sayyidina Anas bin Malik that he uh, went out uh, 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 while leaning on Sayyidina Osama bin Zayd and he was wearing a qitri garment the footnote qitri uh, uh, here is an ornate cotton mantle with red colored patterns uh, 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 that was produced in a particular uh, area of the Arabian Peninsula. And so he had this uh, mantle which he had thrown on loosely and then he led the people in the Salah. This is the, the hadith. And then one of the beautiful things about reading hadith is uh, on top of the, the, the greatest blessing of all which is knowing the, the knowledge of the Prophet Sallallahu ahwal and maqal of his states and his, his Mubarak words. Um, there's an entire cultural uh, um, <clears throat> scaffolding which holds that institution up. And so we also learn how to venerate that knowledge in those Mubarak words as well. Abd ibn Humayd said to Muhammad bin Fadl that Yahya uh, ibn Ma'in asked me about this hadith the very first time he sat with me. We were two muhaddithin that met each other. And so they asked each other about the hadith. Uh, uh, and he said that it was narrated to me by uh, Hamad bin Salama. Uh, uh, and so he asked him, he says that, do you have it written? Because this was a way that they used to, I guess, double check uh, the, the, the precision of the narration. That if someone had a written uh, record of the hadith, um, they would oftentimes remember it, memorize it and state it from memory. But they would say, do you have that original record the first time you, you sat and heard this hadith? Does that still exist? Can I see it? 
which is good. It's like, you know, trust but verify was not, uh, uh, you know, it wasn't invented by Ronald Reagan uh, or by the Soviets. Um, this is our tradition from, uh, from, from antiquity. And so he says that, uh, he said that you have it written down, would you relate it to me from, 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 from your the written record? And uh, uh, so he said, I got up to go and find the written record and come back to him. And so he grabbed me by, uh, uh, by my clothes. And he said, sit down and dictate it to me right now from memory, because I fear what if you leave and then you never come back, uh, then I will not have taken hadith from you. Meaning I'd rather take it from your memory first rather than risk you, you know, us never meeting again. And uh, uh, um, I'd rather take it from your memory first. And then after having taken it from your memory, then you can go fetch, fetch your written records and then we'll verify from there as well. Um, this is how much they coveted, uh, they coveted the uh, hadith of the Prophet So imagine if someone, you know, if you have like a ring that's worth, you know, a uh, hundred million dollars and someone says, hey, can I see it? And, uh, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, you know, if you know the person and you have have uh, love for them, you say, of course, yeah, sure, here, and you take it, let them take a look at it and whatever. And then that person's like, hey, can I go show my, my uh, you know, uncle, he lives in the next town over. He's like, okay, buddy, like, this is very valuable. I'm, you know, I'm not super comfortable letting you leave with it uh, like that. So uh, just like that, they used to covet the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu more than they coveted uh, worldly gains. And uh, a day will come when they'll see that the value of um, that thing that they coveted and that thing that they spent their, their day and night and their, their life and their breaths uh, accumulating was indeed more valuable than even they could have imagined. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not deprive us of their blessings uh, on this day or that. وبه قال حدثنا سويد بن نصر قال حدثنا عبد الله بن المباركي عن سعيد بن إياس الجريري عن أبي نظرة عن أبي سعيد الخضري رضي الله عنه قال كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا استجد ثوبا سماه باسمه ثم يقول اللهم لك الحمد كما كسوتنيه أسألك خيره وخير ما صنع له وأعوذ بك من شره والشر ما صنع له. I apologize for uh, the stumbling of my tongue in uh, in, in recitation when I was uh, studying uh, in Madrasa. Uh, I actually had a very limited turn to read the hadith because uh, because of the thickness of my tongue uh, and inability to read quickly and precisely. Uh, and uh, for that reason, I feel all the more embarrassed that, that I read the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah Ta'ala accept from us uh, our shortcomings uh, in reading the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and reward us from his generosity as if we had read it properly and we had fulfilled its haq, which we certainly haven't. Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he narrates that when the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam started to wear a piece of clothing which was new, like for the first time, he would uh, make dua and in that dua, he would name that article of clothing uh, by whatever it was called. Uh, and and uh, then he would say, oh Allah, uh, uh, to you is praise as you have uh, dressed me in this thing. Whatever it is, if it's a shawl or it's a, it's a turban or a hat or a kameez or uh, izar or whatever it is. He said that, oh Allah, to you is praise as you're the one who clothed me in it. I asked you for its good and the good that it was created for. 
and then seek refuge in it uh, from its evil and the evil for which it was created. And, uh, you know, this is a thing. It's not, it's not part of deen. It's not part of piety to look bad. If you're poor, then wear your clothes in the best way you can. And if you're rich, then wear your clothes in the best way that you can. It doesn't mean that uh, you have to buy a $100,000 uh, 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 turban. Uh, but also, if you're rich and you wear tattered, tattered clothes as if you're, a, uh, as if you're a, <coughs> an indigent person, this is not right either. Allah Ta'ala, like the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, he likes to see the, 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 the marks of the blessing of the slave on the slave. So if you can afford to wear uh, uh, good, decent, normal uh, uh, clothes, then wear according to what your status is, according to what your status is. The prime minister of a country is different than, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the imam of the masjid. The imam of the masjid is different than a doctor. A doctor is different than a student. A student is different than a person who's a day laborer. But everybody let them wear uh, uh, as best as uh, is reasonable within their means without overspending uh, uh, and without uh, being vain, uh, obsessing over how one looks and uh, being impressed with oneself. Um, and uh, indeed, uh, just like it's bad for a person to uh, be vain in their clothing and to overspend on it and to uh, think that they're better than other people because of their good clothing, it's also bad for a person to excessively uh, um, uh, be uh, excessively untidy or, or uh, deficient in the way that they dress. One of the wisdoms of wealthy people dressing according to their means is that so the poor know who to go and ask uh, uh, when they uh, wish to ask for money. And uh, um, that's important as well. And many wealthy people avoid looking wealthy just because they don't want to be asked and they don't want to give, which is also not right either. Uh, it's also not, not a, a graceful way of being. Imam Abu al-Hasan al-Shadili, rahimahullah tabarak wa ta'ala, he, uh, 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 he was once, uh, I guess someone said some snide remark to him for wearing uh, decent clothing uh, because he was supposed to be one of the Ahlul Qawm, one of the people of the, uh, of, the, of, of, of the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So someone said something snide as if like to, just to give him grief, like why are you dressed so well? You should be a person of zuhud or whatever. And so he re responded and he says, when my, uh, my clothing speaks, if it were to have a tongue, it would be saying, Alhamdulillah, your clothing, when it, if it were to speak, it would be saying, hey, can you give me a, can you give me a dirham? Uh, 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 so the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to dress simply, but he used to dress well. He, 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 he was beautiful and he made sure that his clothing was uh, beautiful. It was neat and tidy. It wasn't, uh, uh, you know, like a, a, an overdone uh, something, but it was, it was, it was, it was beauty and simplicity, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, which is the best kind of beauty. So when the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam would put on a new garment, he would mention his name and then say, "Oh Allah, to you is praise, uh, for you have clothed me in this. I asked you for its good and for the good for which it was made. That you should look beautiful, and that you should praise Allah Taala for it, and it should please other people, uh, uh, please your wife, please your husband, please your." children and your parents and your neighbors and those you see in the masjid, uh, Allah Ta'ala speed our return to the masajid, that it will, you know, it should please those around you as well. And uh, remind them of Allah Ta'ala in its, in its form and be the guise of and the, 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 the raiment of the people of piety. And I seek refuge, uh, I seek refuge in you from its evil and the evil for which it was made. Meaning, uh, what is the evil of wearing nice clothes that a person should be vain they should think they're better than other people, 
they should use their beauty for a bad purpose. That they should use their beauty uh, in order to uh, uh, um, influence people in a bad way. That they should use their beauty in order to attract someone from the opposite gender or attract someone that somebody uh, uh, has physical desire for in a way that is not sanctioned by our sharia. If you wish to dress well uh, so that your missus, uh, 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 her eyes sparkle when she sees you, that's good, that's wonderful. Please do it. You know, Ladies, please do that. Dress in a way that your husband, uh, 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 his, his glance is, uh, uh, gravitates toward you. But uh, the evil of, 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 you know, of, of looking good in, in your clothes is what is to do it in a way that's not sanctioned by our sacred and holy sharia. Or in order to make someone think that you're more pious than you are, in order to get some sort of non-deen related benefit from them, or in order to swindle them, or to deceive them in a scam, or in order to give them an impression that's not true while they're conducting business with you, or, uh, or the like. The, the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sought refuge in those things. And he's bari, he's pak uh, uh, and, 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 and tahir from any, uh, uh, from any uh, possibility of uh, something like that happening anyway. But in his Mubarak Sunnah, he receives the reward for seeking refuge from these things that he was mahfuz from, that he was protected from anyway, from Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala, And then he gives uh, the sinful ones like, uh, like myself uh, a way of knowing how to uh, uh, try to protect themselves uh, from these sins to which uh, people like myself are most vulnerable. وفي قال حدثنا هشام بن يونس الكوفي قال حدثنا القاسم بن القاسم بن مالك المزني المزني عن الجريري عن ابي نظره عن ابي سعيد الخدري عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم نحوه another chain of narration for the same hadith وفي قال حدثنا محمد بن بشار قال حدثنا معاذ بن هشام قال حدثنا ابي عن ابي قتاده عن انس بن مالك رضي الله عنه قال كان أحب الثياب إلى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يلبسه الحبرات. This is a hadith narrated by Sayyidina Anas bin Malik رضي الله عنه that uh, uh, the uh, article uh, of clothing most beloved to the Nabi صلى الله عليه وسلم is the hibara. Uh, the hibara is described as being uh, as being what an or ornate Yemeni mantle made from soft cotton. Imam Bajuri notes in this narration, uh, uh, notes that this narration does not contradict previous hadiths in which the mention that the article of clothing most beloved to the Prophet ﷺ was the qamis. The Prophet ﷺ's love of the qamis was with regards to the articles of clothing which are stitched, whereas his love for the hibara was in regards to articles which are uh, of clothing which are unstitched. Uh, that it was like a mantle, an overpiece that was unstitched. Like this is unstitched, whereas this is stitched. It is also possible that his preference for the qamis was when he was with his family and his preference for the hibara was when he was with his companions. So this is one of the beautiful things about hadith is that if the hadith were, uh, uh, as is the uh, spurious and basis accusation uh, from the demented imagination of those people who uh, hate deen, uh, was that the books were cooked with regards to hadith of the Prophet Some hadiths like this really wouldn't have made the cut. And the fact of the matter is that every narrator, when they narrated something, they would narrate something that they saw, which was not the entire picture. The only person who knows the entire picture of the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ is him himself, Everyone thereafter preserved some part of his Sunnah, some people more than others. 
some people more of his words than others, some people more of his actions and his states than others. Some people saw him like, you know, 360 days of the, a year and another person maybe only saw him for five or four or three or two or one, but they may not be the same uh, days uh, as the, 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 the former. And so all of these are like pieces of the puzzle. Somebody saw this from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that at that time, the most, that, that his time spent with him, that Hibara was, was the most beloved article of clothing to him. And uh, it may be in a particular context or it may be universal. And then afterward, the, the ulama, the muhaddithun, and, and, and maybe even more than them, the fuqaha, they then look at all of these pieces of, uh, of the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And it's like a puzzle that they're putting together, seeing where the pieces fit. And only the most, uh, uh, only the most uh, um, asinine and literalist of uh, uh, outlooks would see a conflict in these things because it's very possible that something is uh, you know the case in a particular scenario and something is the case in another one so inshallah uh, these are some of the, the the ways the ulama tried to understand these hadith um, that i shared from these footnotes uh, 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 that, that are prepared with this wonderful volume and i also gave uh, some possibilities that, that came to my mind as well and this is one of the beauties of the student of knowledge is that they can read through all of these things and hear all of the different opinions of the ulama and then uh, try to make sense also themselves uh, of it, which every person, you know, uh, uh, understanding their pay grade, obviously, we're not the great muhaddithin and fuqaha of the ummah, but uh, also we're allowed to think about things ourselves. It's just best not to be too super impressed with your own opinion. You're allowed to have. Mahmoud ibn Ghailana. حدثنا عبد الرزاق قال حدثنا سفيان عن عون بن أبي جحيفة عن أبيه قال رأيت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وعليه حلة حمراء كأني أنظر إلى بريق ساقيه قال سفيان أراها حبرة How beautiful is the hadith of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and how beautiful is the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم Aun bin Abi Juhayfa narrates from his father who said, anhu, I saw the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa I saw the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa as he was wearing a hulla, two red garments. Um, and so the, the, the hulla is uh, described uh, in, the, uh, uh, in the commentaries, uh, in Hazrat Shaykh Mohan Zakaria's commentary as a upper and lower garment which are cut from the same cloth. So uh, what would fit into the into the, the definition of hulla? Like, you know, like they see people wear shawar kameez, right? And generally it's the same cloth that the, the sirwal, the, 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 the whatever loose pants um, and the kameez, uh, the, the, the tunic, the upper garment are generally made from the same, they're cut from the same cloth. That would be a hulla. Obviously, the hulla of the Prophet ﷺ wasn't a shalwar kameez in the sense that the Nabi ﷺ never wore sirwal. He never wore shalwar or pants. Rather, he would uh, wear ﷺ an izar, an unstitched lower garment, uh, uh, which is similar to the izar which is worn in ihram, or uh, what we would uh, refer to in Urdu as a dhoti or a lungi. Uh, but here he was wearing red, a red kameez and a red uh, lower garment, garment uh, red izar, and they're both from the same, from the same uh, uh, cloth. So the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam was uh, 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 was wearing uh, uh, was wearing red, 
And uh, um, Abu Juhayfa says, radiallahu anhu, uh, when describing uh, this uh, Mubarak uh, uh, clothing of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he said, uh, it is as if I was looking at the, 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 the radiance or the lightning of uh, the, 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 the shimmer of, uh, uh, of his blessed shins right now while thinking about this hadith. And it's beautiful. Why? Because of how, how much love and reverence he described the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with. Um, and even more than that, what did he see? He said that I saw it's as if I'm seeing the radiance of his blessed what? His Mubarak shins. Because they, uh, they, their, their uh, awe and their uh, humility in front of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was that they, uh, they would, uh, they would look down when he was there, it was difficult for them to look at him directly uh, uh, in the eyes or in the face. We read the hadith uh, uh, not too long ago in a different dars of Sayyidina, uh, Amr ibn al-As radiallahu ta'ala anhu, who mentions the occasion of him accepting Islam uh, uh, in a hadith. And he said that after I accepted Islam, there was nobody more beloved to me than the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The awe and the veneration of uh, of him in my heart overwhelmed me to the point where uh, after that day, if you asked me to describe him, I don't know if I could have described him because I don't recall being able to even uh, uh, look at him with my complete uh, vision, meaning I couldn't fill my, my eyes with him. It was too much. It was overwhelming for me. So this is what they, they remember. They remember uh, uh, their veneration of his Mubarak person. They remember the, the light that radiated from his Mubarak Shin, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَبِهِ قَالَ حَدَّثْنَا عَلِي بْنُ خَشْرَمٍ قَالَ حَدَّثْنَا عِيسَى بْنُ يُنُسَى عَنْ إِسْرَائِيلَ عَنْ أَبِي إِسْحَاقَ عَنِ الْبَرَاءِ بْنِ عَازِبٍ قَالَ مَا رَأَيْتُ أَحَدًا مِنَ النَّاسِ أَحْسَنَ فِي حُلَّةٍ حَمْرَاءَ مِنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ إِنْ كَانَتْ جُمَّتُهُ لَتَضْرِبُ قَرِيبًا مِمَّنْ كِبَيْهِ براء بن عازب رضي الله عنه narrates I've never seen anyone more handsome I've never seen anyone more beautiful than the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam when he was uh, wearing uh, his two red garments or one could translate it also I've never seen anyone more beautiful who wore uh, 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 two red garments uh, cut from the same cloth and the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with his bl blessed tresses uh, gently striking uh, near his, his, his shoulders. And there's another chapter regarding the, the hair of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Mubarak tresses of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam earlier in the book, inshallah. If we may khatam and make it around, inshallah, we can read those. But the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, his Mubarak uh, habit was to keep relatively long hair. The shortest it would be was to the Shahm al to the, to the, to the uh, cartilage of the earlobes. And the longest it would be is when it would touch the shoulders and it was time to cut. And it would be somewhere in between there, in between those two extremes. 
And so Bara ibn Azib is recalling the beauty of the Messenger of Allah in his, in his red uh, uh, clothing, his red uh, upper and lower garments, and uh, how gently his tresses, his long tresses used to, used to hit near his shoulders. They used to strike gently near his shoulders, sallallahu alayhi wa And uh, this is part of the beauty of the sunnah, is the beauty of the fitrah. Uh, Sayyidina Ali anhu is narrated to have said that there are two Mubarak habits of the Prophet وسلم, which I have left. And one is that he used to have keep long hair. Uh, to my knowledge, the only time he cut it shorter than the Shahmul Udhanain is when he would fulfill a mansak, when he would fulfill a pilgrimage, a, right, a pilgrimage right, Hajj or Umrah, he would shave his Mubarak head, وسلم, otherwise he kept long hair. Sayyidina Ali says that then I started to shave my head all the time. The second is that the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to wear izar, an unstitched lower garment that he would wrap around himself. And I, I wore sirwal, uh, sirwal, I would wear pants, uh, tailor, uh, tailored pants and stitched pants. And he said that both of these, uh, the reason I did them was not to leave the Mubarak Sunnah of the Prophet somewhat, but because I found them more functional uh, when being on horseback uh, out in the path of Allah Ta'ala. Um, but uh, the, the, the sunnah of the Prophet is fitrah, that a man should uh, also have beautiful hair. And whoever of you wishes to keep long hair, uh, let them do so. But remember the hadith of the Prophet Man kana lahu sha'ran falyukrimhu. He said that, that a man once entered the majlis with his hair uh, really frayed and crazy. And so the Nabi وسلم, instead of chastising him in front of everybody, he said that perhaps one of you enters the majlis and his hair is so disheveled that the person looks like, uh, like uh, his head looks like the head of shaitan when he enters into the majlis. Whoever has hair from amongst you, let them, let them honor it. Meaning what? Oil it, comb it. Even for example, like, you know, like my head is shaved, but a person has their beard, the sunnah of the beard is that a person, and it's a sunnah in as much as the Messenger of Allah did it, but according to the Jamhur, it's wajib, it's an obligation for a man whose beard grows that he should not cut it less than a fist length. So that's a decent amount of hair. A person should not just have that, you know, uh, 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 super cave manned out on his face. Rather, it's the sunnah of the Prophet whoever has hair, let them honor it. So you put oil in it and you comb it out, put olive oil in it, mustard oil, coconut oil, etc. The Nabi used to use olive oil, alayhi salatu was salam. But you, you put, in, put in it those things that are not like excessive. You don't have to be like super uh, uh, accessorized out and spend like all of your money. But like, you know, $5 bottle of olive oil from Trader Joe's or from, uh, from wherever, you know, it doesn't have to be like authentic virgin olive oil from the uh, orchards of Spain or Italy or whatever it can be like the the b-grade c-grade oil because you're not going to eat it anyway and the virgin olive oil has a smell of the olives in it and uh, uh, the smell of olives is not necessarily the best of of uh, of, of perfumes anyway so you can use the cheaper oil but put the oil leave it in at night um, put the oil in uh, it's very interesting the desi public oftentimes puts the oil in and then takes the shower Whereas the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he put so much oil in his hair that it was, it would drip. And so he put a cloth underneath his, uh, underneath his turban and his cap, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, so that it didn't absorb into the turban, into the cap. Um, so a person put in a good amount of oil, inshallah, in your hair, even after you take a shower, you know, if you need to dry it off with another cloth, 
you know, go ahead and dry it off. This is for the brothers and for the sisters. It will keep your hair nice. It will keep it beautiful. And uh, it, more importantly than any of those things, this was a fulfillment of the sunnah of the Prophet So imagine that he had these simple and noble habits. And so he looked beautiful anyway. He was the most beautiful of God's creation. And he put on his simple clothing, which uh, were even more beautiful because of their simplicity. And he had this like long hair and he kept it well and he combed it. And he, uh, and there's a chapter about combing the hair of the Prophet in this, in this book as well. Um, and uh, he came out and he was nur in his uh, Mubarak being and he was nur in his spiritual state and he was nur in his uh, interactions with people. And so obviously when the people saw him, they saw so much beauty in him. And uh, obviously there's no beauty that can uh, match with the beauty of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, neither in, uh, in mankind or in the jinn, nor in the sun and the moon and the stars. But there are those people who take from his Mubarak state and Allah Ta'ala gave a small glimpse of, uh, of beauty in them as well. And we saw that from our, our Mashaykh, Mu'ana Sheikh Amin one time. Uh, he described uh, his teacher, Mu'ana uh, Qari, Qari Tayyib, the principal of the uh, Darulum in Deoband. And uh, uh, it just caught us all by, off guard by surprise. Sheikh Vulkan was there, Moana Bilal was there, a number of individuals were there, uh, uh, mashallah. And uh, he just said, like, what could I say? What can I say about my Sheikh Qari Tayyib? He was beautiful, and he just began to weep. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala give all of you, inshallah, from the from from a drop of the river of the prophetic beauty enough that will make you beautiful in this world and in the hereafter and forgive us for our sins and for being unworthy of, of even talking about it. We call Hadathana Muhammad ibn Bashar and Qa'an Ba'na Abdurrahman ibn Mahdiyin Qa'a Hadathana Ubaidullah ibn Yadin An Abihi An Abi Rumaythata Abi Rimthata Afwan قال رأيت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وعليه بردان بردان أخضران. It's a hadith narrated by Abu Abu Rimtha. He said, I saw the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم with two uh, uh, with two uh, uh, green cloaks, with two green cloaks like outerwear cloaks. صلى الله عليه وسلم. We call حدثنا عبد عبد بن حميد. قال حدثنا عفان بن مسلم وحدثنا عبد الله بن حسان العنبري عن جدتيه دحيبة وعليبة عن قيلة ابنتي مخرمة قالت رأيت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وعليه أسماله مليتين كانت بزعفران وقد نفضه وفي الحديث قصة طويلة عبد بن هميد narrates from عفان بن مسلم he said Abdullah bin Hassan al-Ambari narrated from his two grandmothers Luhayba and Ulayba on the authority of Qayla bint Makhrama who narrated I saw the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam wearing 
two well-worn garments dyed with saffron, though only a slight trace of the saffron remained on them. And then uh, it's mentioned that there's a lengthy story behind this, uh, behind this hadith. And the story is as follows. A man came and said, peace be upon you, O messenger of Allah, to which he replied in peace, and Allah's mercy be upon you. He was wearing two well-worn garments, dyed in saffron, and in his hand was a palm frond. Immediately thereafter, the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, sat down with his blessed thighs pulled in toward his stomach while wrapping his arms around his shins. Hadith of the Prophet, sallallahu that I sit as the slave sits. Uh, when she, Qayla, the daughter of Makhrama, saw him in that position, she began to tremble out of awe. And so the Jalal of the Prophet وسلم, and his, uh, and his, uh, and his humility of, of, of slavehood in front of the Lord. One of those sitting with the Prophet وسلم, said, Oh, a messenger of Allah, this poor woman has trembled. The Prophet وسلم, looked at me and said, Take Sakina, take the tranquility of the Divine Presence. And immediately Allah removed the tremble that had entered my heart. Another narration said, without looking at me, he said, whilst I was behind his blessed back, O poor woman, take Sakina. And as soon as he said that, Allah removed the tremble that entered me. It's narrated by Tabarani in the Mu'ajal Osat. And the word Sakina is literally the word used in the Torah for the divine presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which accompanied the Ark of the Covenant in which the the, the, the tablets of, uh, of the Torah were, were kept. Uh, uh, the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam invoked the Sakina in order to uh, calm this uh, jalal, uh, the overwhelming of the majestic state of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to which she was attuned. Um, it's interesting to note that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his clothing was described as being well-worn, uh, which means what? Which means that he would not just wear something, throw it away uh, as uh, the fashion changes from week to week. His beauty came from inside and whatever he wore looked good. And he, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he used to like use clothing. Like if uh, there's a tear or something happened to it, he would patch it with his own Mubarak hand, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, keep wearing it as long as it was functional. And he kept wearing his clothes even though they had faded slightly. Uh, and, and the, the, even the dye had faded as well. And so this is a lesson for us as well that uh, we should, you know, you can look good while using the things that you have to the fullest and not be wasteful. Uh, the beauty of the Prophet ﷺ was in his simplicity, that even in this simplicity, Allah Ta'ala put this level of jalal in his, uh, in his uh, state ﷺ. That accompanied his jamal, the majesty that accompanied his beauty قال حدثنا بشر بن المفضلي عن عبد الله بن عثمان بن خيثم بن خثيم عفوا عن سعيد بن جبير عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول رضي الله عنه عنهما قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عليكم بالبياض من الثياب ليلبسها أحياءكم وكفنوا فيها موتاكم فإنها من خير ثيابكم وبه قال حدثنا محمد بن بشار قال حدثنا عبد الرحمن بن مهدي قال حدثنا سفيان عن حبيب بن أبي ثابت عن ميمون بن أبي شبيب عن سمرة بن جندب قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إلبسوا البياض فإنها أطهر وأطيب 
وكفنوا فيها موتاكم في قال حدثنا احمد بن منيع قال حدثنا يحيى بن زكريا ابن ابي زائده قال حدثنا ابي عن مصعب ابن شيبه عن سفيه ابنتي شيبه عن عائشه رضي الله عنها قالت خرج رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ذات غادات عليه مرط من شعر اسود بقى حدثنا يوسف بن عيسى قال حدثنا وكيع قال حدثنا يونس بن ابي اسحاق عن ابيه عن الشعبي عن عروه بن المغيره بن شعبه عن ابيه ان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لبث لبس جبه اميه ضيقه ضيقه الكمين since we're running out of time uh, I don't want to make the dars go on too long I thought we'd read all the hadith in Arabic and then just mention them uh, their their translations in English there are two hadith in which the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said something very similar uh, uh, that he said sallallahu alaihi wasallam wear white clothes and let your uh, living wear them and shroud your dead in them for white is the best of your attire and that the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said wear white clothes for they are the purest and the best and shroud in them your dead it's for this reason that uh, uh, that uh, malik rahimahullah ta'ala saw that the best clothes that a, a man should wear for juma is their white uh, their white clothes and um, you know there's a great secret in wearing white it's very difficult to wear white clothing um, and not get it, get them dirty so only the cleanest of people can wear them and only a person who knows how to keep themselves clean will be able to wear white clothing for any uh, a long period of time uh, uh, in, in, a, in a way that's presentable in public and these habits of keeping yourself clean are exactly what's uh, what you know what characterizes the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam his noble habits what were all of them were purity inward and outward and so it's good people should wear people should wear white especially on 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 uh, good occasions and on mubarak and noble occasions May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us tawfiq. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us tawfiq. And then the, the khitam, khitam who missed the last hadith of the, of the chapter uh, for today is uh, narrated uh, by Mughirat ibn Shu'bah. He said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wore a jubba rumiya dayyiqat al-kummain. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he once wore a, 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 a Roman Uh, jubba. Jubba is an overcoat. For whatever reason, our Desi public seems to refer to uh, this uh, uh, this article that the Americans refer to as a thobe. The word thobe means cloth. Uh, um, the the article of clothing is a it's a kamis. It's essentially a long kamis, the ankle length shirt um, that the the different Arabs in their different lands call different names. Like they'll call it a dishdasha in some parts of the Khalij, or they'll call it a kandura. Uh, in other parts of the Arab, Arab world, they'll call it a, 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 a jalabiya or jalaba in different parts of the parts of the Arab world. Um, that's not what a jubba is. A jubba is a coat which is worn over your clothing, and it is open from the front. Uh, that's what a jubba is. That the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, one of his jubbas was in the Roman style, meaning what it was dayikul kumain, that the sleeves of the the jubba were were tailored to fit. Uh, the length and the width of the arms of the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam and so we see especially the the ulama of sham in turkey they wear uh, they wear these uh, these types of jubbas and uh, uh, even in in the indian subcontinent 
the, I guess the difference between what a Sherwani is and what a, uh, what a Jubba is, is that the Sherwani is fitted to the body uh, of a person, whereas Jubba is usually not fitted. It's kind of the A-shape, uh, uh, A-shape cut. Um, but uh, in that sense, it's similar. The Sherwani is open and it buttons up from the front. But the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to wear a Roman style Jubba, uh, which uh, had, uh, uh, had tailored and fitted sleeves. Uh, um, and uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the uh, tawfiq of uh, having that surah, that, 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 that guise of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi outwardly and then give us from its favor inwardly. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala look at us in our poor and pathetic attempt to imitate his beloved sallallahu alayhi and take pity on us uh, um, by the virtue of his love of that Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Allah Ta'ala is the one who said in his uh, Mubarak book, Allah Ta'ala wasn't going to send down his torment on them as long as you are amongst them. So whatever portion of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his Nabawi Mirath, his legacy that, that we have left with us, uh, this is the time to bring it out and bring it to life inwardly and outwardly, both inwardly and outwardly. Uh, and uh, uh, in the hopes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will, through it, uh, ward off from us calamity and punishment and difficulty. And Allah ta'ala wasn't to send down this torment uh, as long as they keep seeking forgiveness from him. Allahumma tarabbuna la ilaha illa anta khalaqtana wa nahnu ibadika wa nahnu ala ahdika wa ahdika mastata'ana. Na'udhu bika min shari ma sana'ana. Nabu'u laka bi ni'matika alayna wa nabu'u bi dhunubina kafir lana. إنه لا يثير الذنوب إلا أنت جزا الله عنا سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وأهله جزا الله عنا سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وأهله جزا الله عنا سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وأهله سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون والسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم اغفر وارحم وادفع عنا البلايا والآفات بركة الفاتحة Zakmo Khir, Salam Alikulah Tulahi Brakatu.